Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo and J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent, fourth-generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area, bringing information you may not find on those other financial radio shows. We are aware that the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here, and I think we had a bunch of topics for you. I don't know. Jer said that he wanted to talk about a bunch of stuff, but we're going to start off with uh, Zillow and the 1% down because we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Jer and I started a discussion moments ago, and our uh, producer Jim stopped us because he's like, if you guys are going to yell at each other, do it on air. So here we are. How do you want to begin? Let's jump in. So if you are a regular listener... Thank you, first of all. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you're a longtime listener, even if you're brand new, we want to formally and personally invite you to come in and meet with us. We want to sit down. We want you to see what we're really like in the office. If you want to see us fight, we're good. It's whatever you want. If you want to be in and out, if you want to do financial planning with an engineer, make the appointment with Anthony. If you want to sit, have a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, chat about the end of the world as we know it, sit with JR. If you want to mix, sit with both of us. We'll, we'll clear our schedule for you. So anyway, a few weeks ago, if you remember, I was ranting and raving about Zillow, the real estate you know, webpage, the, the company that lost their shirt buying homes a couple of years ago. So Zillow started this thing where you they're going to do loans where you can put 1% down. And I was like, that is just insane. I'm having flashbacks of 2008. We're going to let all these people buy homes instead of renting because yes, yes, we all want to own something. There's, there's now, 2008 was people buying multiple homes and buying homes that were way out of their price range because they could afford. It's not people that are trying to save on rent. And don't you think if I only have to put 1% down, even if I have some money, that will let me buy multiple homes? I, I don't follow that logic. And-, and you know, let's go to the. Well, how are you jumping to people automatically buying a? These are people that cannot get a home right now, and you think they're going to go from zero to a hundred? You think they're finally going to be no, like, I oh, think I think be abused. buy a house, no, so I'm going to buy I ten of them. Be abused. And you know what? The people that can only put one percent down on a home, I'm not changing my mind. I don't think it's time for them to buy a home. Why don't you wait a few years, pay your exorbitant rent? I understand rent is through the roof. I get it. I understand the American dream is to own a home. You know, when I was a kid, you're supposed to have 2.4 kids, a white picket fence. You own a home. One day you move to Sun City, you drive some sort of a Buick, has to be a Buick. I mean, there's rules. The game has changed. The rules have changed. If you have 1% to put down on a home, if that's the only way you can get into a home, you're not ready. You don't have enough of an emergency fund. 
Uh, odds are, I know there's well, exceptions. People don't have emergency funds, period. Was they The numbers came out, and again, I don't know who they're taking these numbers from, but it was something like 50 to 60% of people don't have $500 in savings. Then they should what rent. They shouldn't own a home. But they have to live. They have to live somewhere. So yeah, they have to live at Olive Tree Apartments. Money renting versus actually trying to build wealth and better themselves for one part of their life moving forward. So do you right, believe in the American dream or not? Do you want them to drive or not? That's you exactly what you're saying. The American saying dream is I want to keep everybody down because they shouldn't be able to buy a home. They should just waste their money on rent. They can't afford it. They can't afford it. If your mortgage is in the ballpark of your rent, that's great. So now you can afford it. Let's say your rent is 1700 So, and, and you know, 1700 is a lot of money. You know, when you have an apartment, that's a big chunk of your income. So now you can get into a home with the 1% down and your mortgage is going to be, say, 2000 So, okay, so you can squeak by, pay more of your income for your home, but then in 30 years, you're going to own something. Although you won't, because nobody owns a home in 30 years. They refi, they move, they do everything but own a home in 30 years. That's a rarity. So anyway, you get in your home. Now, what I'm griping about this morning, <laughs> you know, we need to have a new segment. We need to have a new segment each week. It's, it's going to be called, What's JR Upset About This Week? That's so anyway, what I'm upset about this entire show. That's true. Good point. So anyway, uh, you get into this home. You only were able to put 1% down. You don't have an emergency fund, like you just said, 60% of the people. Here's fast forward to this past week and a half, two weeks of my life personally. So we are helping Jay with his tuition. So that is optional. We could make him get loans. We could make him get grants. We could make him be smarter and get scholarships, but we've offered to help him at least for his first year. He's got to get all A's and B's, Jay. I know you're listening to the show. It's your favorite part of the week. So get all A's and B's, dude. Anyway, so that, that you know, I mean, I notice it. You know, we're, we're actually making a payment to the college once a month. The last week and a half, a few other things came up. Sandy's car needs tires. We've been putting it off not because of the money as much as time. So we finally said, you know, it's it's getting, you know, the wear is there. It's getting dangerous. So we got her new tires. The It's not expensive, you know, crazy on her SUV like it is on my truck. But it was still, it was like, I don't know, $1,100. Her computer in the same vehicle was giving her trouble. She had to go to Mike at Frank's Honest Auto. A little shout out to our buddy Mike. She had to go there three times in one week to get this problem sorted out. It was some onboarding computer chip code bull crap they do on these cars. So that was another, I don't know, couple grand to get all this sorted out. And then our air conditioner goes out. So you know how much air conditioners are now? They're really expensive. Let me tell you, one air conditioner, at least the house where now has one air conditioner, the house we moved from had two. So good night. But anyway, and I won't even go today, Anthony, into planned obsolescence and why this is all horse crap with these air conditioners and roofs and refrigerators and so forth. Anyway, so the people that only have enough money to put 1% down, what happens when they have their garbage disposal goes out, their air conditioner goes out, if they have a pool, the pump shuts down? Home ownership is very expensive. Even if you have a pretty good income, it's very expensive. And things seem, for some reason, Murphy's Law, I'm not looking at you, th- things seem to come up in threes. Seem, it seems like everything hits at once. So I'm just thinking, if you can only put a little bit down on a house, 1% is just crazy. You know, 
and I, and I know your points, Anthony. I know houses were, you know, $12 when I was a kid. I get all that. You know, it, it just the American dream is dead. I'm sorry about it. I'm not happy. I'm sad more for you and Jim. I'm sad more for Jay, for future generations. But I still think that I think there's no easy answer too. I mean, we are in deep trouble with this stuff. So how does it turn? I don't know. But I do think we should go back to you have to have 10 to 20% to put down on your home. You have to have some skin in the game because so all these people with 1% can walk wrap together to get that 10, 20%. And then they're still not going to have enough money. If Also, and you guys make both make great points, but I do want to bring this up. And it's a question for both of you. Could I argue that the new American dream the, the old one may be dead, but the new one probably is more generational wealth, if anything, passing down that generational wealth, generation to generation. Best way to do that, by the way, financial planning. We Rocking offer that, kids. Jim. It's glad you brought that up. We offer that. But you know what my problem is with generational wealth transfer yeah. and planning? We bring it up to people all the time. We've brought it up on this show. You know what people don't do? They don't call us. They don't come and sit down with us. We have these ideas on how you can change the trajectory of your family. But you have to do some of the work. You have to be educated. You know, the biggest thing lately, again, I'm seeing the last year, be your own bank has come back around. You know, a lot of people want whole life insurance where the guaranteed interest rates aren't nearly what they were 20 years ago. You know, they they all these creative planning ideas came back around. And a lot so of them- Yes, they actually work. They, no, they a lot of times they don't work because people, they, they violate how the, the systems work. But Jim, I mean, excellent point. Let us help you. Our whole goal, one person, one couple, one family at a time, let us help you. We will change so, the future. Back to that as the new American dream, Jim. I mean, because it's that's good planning, but I would, I don't know if I would call it the new American dream because essentially it's just like, oh, I'm going to bank off dead relatives. That's uh, how I'm going to move forward in life is just hope for the death of my loved ones. I mean, I mean it, <laughs> it's kind of dark. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, yeah, I was going to say now I don't how, don't know how to flip this because it's, it's smart financial planning. But for that to be the, I mean, if that's our new dream, if that's really our only hope, that's sad. So back to the home. So I guess we don't have to continue that. All I'm saying- no, and- Anthony, I, I, I get your point. Let me say I do understand your point. But getting into a home is insanely difficult if you have to scrouge by and try to make 10, 20 percent. And if say again, say people are saving and they're saving and they're saving and they get that 10, 20 percent and they put it down and they're still at that same point as that one person who put down one percent because they're still barely getting by. They still let me address that. that. Let me address that. If you have 1% down in your house, the reason I have flashbacks of 2008, you don't have enough skin in the game. You will walk from that house in five years if you have a big catastrophe. If you have at that time 25% or 30% down. Renting and owning was such a bigger gap then. So these people are, they're going to what? They're going to walk and then they're going to rent somewhere else for yes, the they're gonna go right same price, to but they're going to rent the exact same price. It's not like, oh, I can save a ton of money by walking on this house and going to rent. The rent is more than the, the mortgages. Well, they're not going to have a choice. They're not going to have a choice. They're going to lose their mortgage. A uh, question for both of you, if I may. Um, JR, I'm sorry to cut you off there. I do have one question though, and I live in Tampa, Florida. For those who don't know, listening, I, don't, I do not live in Arizona or Sun City. If I did, I would visit Rochford and Associates for my financial planning. 
Nonetheless, though, Tampa has right now, it's one of the most growing cities. It's been like this for the past three years or so. It has some of the highest rent as it pertains to apartments. And and, and I don't care if it's a luxury apartment down what's called Bayshore or if it's in Hyde Park or if it's any part of the city. Any apartment right now is very, very expensive. So my question for you guys, when it comes to either renting or owning a home, how does how does all of this tie in market to market like a market like tampa for example where the rent is very very high in trying to rent an apartment rather than say a suburb of atlanta where the apartments may not be as high rent yeah the same kind of goes for homes too i mean i could sell my home in phoenix and buy a much nicer home in tennessee a lot of people have been heading out that way or in dayton ohio i found my dream home for what i paid for what i'm currently in and it's I love my house, but it is definitely not as nice as some of the stuff you can get on the other side of the country. Now, are people just going to pack up and move for a cheaper life? That's hard to say. You know, people that had the means, people that could work from remote, you know, in 2020, there was a big push for that. Um, But if we're talking people that are barely scraping by, I would imagine they're banking on a lot of assistance from friends and family near them. And the government... They want the government to do rent moratoriums and all kinds of stuff. Nah, that's a whole other conversation, I think. Yes. Anyways. I don't have time today because I have a list. I have a list. In- all right. What are the, uh, what's the news articles you want to get out to these fine listeners? We got to hash this out over our 1%. I do want to finish up by saying you are right too, Anthony. I mean, let's let's be nice to each other. You are correct. Yes, you should own a home and not rent. It's just when these houses are $400,000 for a house at 7% interest. Sorry. it's And we keep thinking of crash and everything falling, but these investors have doubled what they've been purchasing in the last few years. I mean, that you're going to own nothing and like it, the new world order, whatever. Like this is, there's a push. There's a push because people have to live somewhere. So you're going to let all these investors buy these homes. Like you have to get as an individual, you got to pray that mom and dad can stay in their home, that you can inherit that home and these homes stay in families now, which is getting more and more expensive, right? We talked about that last week about having to, luckily we don't have those uh, laws here, the filial, filial filial laws where you have to pay for your uh, parents' care. So hopefully yeah. you can inherit a house if you can't afford your own, you know, keeping things well, in the family, that generational wealth transfer, that's key. But and that again, filial... You know, that whole thing we talked about last week. I mean, I I kept saying the word yet for a reason. Everybody's broke. I mean, the government's broke. The municipalities are broke. So they're going to convey the risk to the people, but it's everybody's broke. By the way, today, as we're recording, is September 20th. Today is Fed Day, another Fed Day. Later on today, we're going to learn whether or not the Fed's going to raise interest rates. We think they're not. You know, the big money is on. No, they're not. And I'm like, I'm like, who cares? You people created this mess and we are going to trust you to fix the mess. Sorry, not me. Anyway, so, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting if we do see the rates raise today. It'll be interesting to see what happens with more banks. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the trillion dollar in credit card debt, you know, starting to tip more. So, yeah, you know, we'll wait and see. I, I don't think they will. I think they're going to leave the door open. They always leave the door open for another rate in, increase this year. It, it just doesn't matter. Do you want to go into a full-blown recession 
Do you want to die slowly of inflation? I mean, I, you know, we're in where our back is against the wall and we're relying on these people that have no clue how to walk a dog and yet they're in charge of our systems. Well, we know it's going to end in disaster. So it'd be ideal to just yes. have it and pull the bandaid off and like get this over. Yes. Yes. It, it, very obviously, some big changes are afoot. But I, I mean, and I don't mean to slam the entire government. I know there's good and bad people, smart and dumb people in every industry, every occupation. We lost an F 35 over the weekend. Did you hear about that one? Can't oh. find it. A, a fighter jet worth $140 million. The pilot ejected. They said yesterday on the 19th of September, they started finding some, you know, rubbish. <laughs> they found some parts about 80 miles away. And I thought about this. They, they, this is a true story. I read a thing over the weekend. They reached out to the community and said, if you see, <laughs> if you see an F-35, give us a call. They gave an 800 number. And I thought, you know, uh, have they ever heard of the Life 360 app? They, <laughs> they don't have any way to ping where the black box AirPod is. it or uh, AirTag. Apple AirTag, can find yes. it. Yeah, Steve Jobs would have found this. Yeah, how do you not have tracking on that? So that F-35, I guess it's not going to have a soft landing, is it? Anyway, I, I don't know. I No, too soon? Is that too much of a... Nobody got killed, as far as we know. I mean, we don't even know where the plane really is, but... So, I mean... Uh, and then I read that it was on autopilot. That's fancy. That's nice. Maybe yeah, autopilot Tesla needs to have auto landing. Yeah. Tesla so, would have found it. Tesla's yeah, auto, sure. autopilot would have had that plane fly back home. And that's why I can't wait for Tesla to make a jet. I think we should have electric vehicles in the sky too. And then, you know, when they can't get charged, they fall out of the so sky. We're just privatizing the government. We'll just let Elon Musk run the world. We'll let him supreme ruler. They'll be fine. Don't Everybody you think we'd be better it. off? Let's stop relying on politicians and start relying on geniuses and smart people. But, you know, who am I? So speaking of geniuses and smart people, I'm sure you heard yesterday the UN General Assembly in New York City. Zelensky's here from Ukraine. So oh, do you know yeah. what you know what his big push was yesterday for more money? He, he, <laughs> a second, second, you know, priority was Russia and all that, you know, messy little war stuff. You know, the big priority, climate change. I don't care. If you think we're all going to be underwater and we're all going to die, we're going to be the city of Atlantis in two months. I don't care. I know for that person to be here in this country asking for more money for climate change, something is really, really, really wrong <laughs> in our world. Something is wrong. And you just use the right buzzwords and then you get all the money. Money me now. Money me need a lot of. How do we play that always sunny clip on here? Should have found that one. That would have been great. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll have to see if Jim can find it and add it in. So anyway, a uh, couple things before we start easing towards our first break, which is crazy. A um, couple things for you. Speaking of the world going down the toilet, you do realize we only have about a week and a half or so for the next U.S. government shutdown. I believe I referenced that last week. So the government shuts down on September 30th. <laughs> the, the article, you know, I, I pull these articles. I love this. This is Reuters. I always try to look for mainstream stuff. It says a large swath of U.S. government could temporarily close on October 1st if Congress, Congress, we trust those people, do not approve spending bills. And then it's, it continues, due to a dispute between far-right Republicans and other lawmakers. I don't know. I think our country is polarized past the point of return, and I think stuff like this feeds into it. You're not saying far-left versus far-right. 
You're just saying far right. I don't care about this. I want you to fix our problems. I want you to pay your bills. I want to take away this checkbook. I want people to stop doing ridiculous stuff. Don't they stop the being political? Before? I mean, shouldn't they have a budget? So you're saying they spent all their money by September or yes. October? Well, well, so they've screwed it up. They they're... should have had a budget and stuck to it. And they're like, they ask for it. Do. I know they, they, they We We have to stop spending. Our whole entire financial future is super simple. And it just, it, it escapes these people. So it says here, Congress must allocate funding to 438, I didn't even know there's this many, 438 government agencies each fiscal year. By the way, stop this fiscal year crap. Do a calendar year like the rest of us. So it ends on September 30th. If they don't pass these bills before the new fiscal year starts, those agencies will be unable to continue operating as normal. You know what I say? Good, good. Shut them all down. Shut down the government. Let's get to limited government and smaller government, whatever it takes. Anthony, you're right. Rip the bandit off. Let the housing market crash. By the way, cracks are getting bigger. So this housing market is not going to keep going the way it is forever. Nothing does. Things cycle. And the stock market. Yep, it's going to crash. Everything is going to crash. So yeah, and I'm being perma, perma bear right now. I get that. Anyway, there have been 14 shutdowns since 1981. The most recent one was also the longest lasting, 35 days between December of 18 and January of 19, due to a dispute over border security. Let that sink in for a second. We had a dispute over border security in the beginning of 2019. Now the borders, you know, luckily now we don't have to worry about it. It's okay, apparently. But so, and by the way, you might be asking, well, I thought we were about to, you know, default on our debt and the government was going to be worthless. That's the debt ceiling. That's a different thing. So that that whole debt ceiling, what that is, that's that's a debt limit is a cap set by Congress on how much money the U.S. government can borrow, which it needs to periodically raise. Failure to do so could prevent the U.S. Treasury from paying its debts. Underlike, unlike a government shutdown, a U.S. debt default would likely have severe consequences, roiling global financial markets and plunging the country into recession. What well, we're in recession, I think. So you mean worse recession? Oh, by the way, the Internal Revenue Service—they <laughs> have furloughed up to ninety percent of their staff in the past, but a hundred percent of its employees are considered essential under the current contingency plan. So at least we're safe because 100% of all the new IRS agents, your job is safe. So Yeah, I was going to say, we just signed over a ton of money to them. So that'd be hilarious if they were just starting to furlough people off the bat. Like, here's all this money to keep people hired. Um, But we're going to fire a bunch of people, but I guess keep all the money? Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to send that over for Ukrainian climate change. One last thing. Department of Homeland Security said it would keep 227,000. Wow, this is a big number. 227,000 of its 253,000 workers on the job, including border security agents and the Coast Guard. So we're going to keep border security agents on the job. What are they doing right now? I'm going to kind of really jump ahead and we're not going to get into this this week we are probably even next week anthony did i send you an article on a city in texas called colony ridge which has grown to a six that one like last night i didn't have a chance to read that since it's 10 30 last night 
I'm in bed. I know. I sent you. I, um, if <laughs> when you get insomnia, when you get older, you'll understand. Yeah, that thing has grown to a 60 square mile community. They're estimating about 75,000 residents. I want to do more reading, but I think next week we should try to report on that because the more articles I read, the more I was like, holy cow. We, we you know, if you live in Sun City or Peoria or Glendale, you, you're not seeing the world change. You're going to, if you live in New York City, if you live in Texas, if you live in anywhere in this country, you're going to see changes. But make sure, if you're listening to us, make sure you look up Colony Ridge in Texas. You're going to be shocked at what you're going to read. And it's not even in the news. With that said, Jim, I think we're running up towards a break time. So, Anthony, how do people find us? What do they do? What, do they, what if they want to meet with us? Well, if you want to meet with us, you can find us at anothermoneyshow.com, rochfordandassociates.com. You can shoot us an email at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Uh, if you like what you've heard and you want to hear more of our beautiful angelic voices, uh, you can listen to past episodes as a podcast, either on our website or wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. So that is uh, it for right now, but we're going to take a short break and uh, we appreciate you being there. This is Another Money Show, except this one's different. This one's actually fun. Do you want a steady stream of income for retirement? Then it's time to consider annuities. I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Gone are the days when most employers offered pensions with guaranteed lifetime payouts to their workers. But what if I told you that you can build your own personal pension? It's possible with an annuity. An annuity is a financial product that provides a series of regular payments to an individual over a specified period of time, often for the rest of their life. There are several options for you to consider when choosing an annuity. Be confident in knowing that there is an annuity out there that can meet all of your needs. Ford Stokes is founder and president of Active Wealth Management and author of the book, Annuity 360. There are several different types of annuities, including fixed, variable, and fixed indexed. A fixed annuity offers a specific guaranteed interest rate on their contributions to the account. A fixed index annuity is an accumulation-based product offered by an insurance company. The growth of your fixed index annuity is dependent on the performance of a chosen stock market index, but your money is not actually invested in this index. This offers you great growth potential and exceptional protection for your investment. While each can provide tax-deferred growth and a lifetime income stream, Variable annuities put your principal at risk in the market. If you are currently investing in a variable annuity, your funds could be in serious trouble if the market experiences any downturns. With so many possible choices to consider, it's essential you speak to a financial advisor or professional to help you make the best decision for your future. So, are you ready to consider an annuity as part of your retirement plan? It's a key question to consider as you approach what should be your golden years. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes, economic uncertainty, and how it could all affect your future in retirement? Then tune into Another Money Show. To learn how you can protect and grow your hard-earned money, 
Another Money Show every Saturday at noon right here on 960 The Patriot. Protect your hard-earned money today and learn more at anothermoneyshow.com. Another weekend, another money show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. We definitely appreciate your support. As Anthony said before the break, you can reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Give us a call, 623-523-0444. My big thing about this show, I love our YouTube channel. Make sure you go on youtube.com, look up Another Money Show. We have clips, we have entertaining shorts. <laughs> Be careful if you Google entertaining shorts. I've been down that road before. It's not pretty. But anyway, so make sure you check out our YouTube. Like, subscribe. Please help us grow that bad boy. So back to reality for a moment here. You know, a lot of what's going on every week, we have so much new information for people. I do hope you take the time to look up that Colony Ridge. It's going to shock you. There, There's been an executive order that I haven't heard about for a while, and now it's come to my attention twice in the last couple of days. So I'm going to bring it up. It is executive order 13603. And I bring it up. It, it has less to do with finances than it does everything weird that's going on. I mean, this thing with Colony Ridge, if that's our future, we are going to have to, this country is going to change dramatically. And if you look up this executive order, they've got a plan for all this. They've got a plan for how to handle people if things change. So one one of the sections on this, I'll, I'll point out section 502. And it, it says here, it says the head of each agency otherwise delegated functions under this order is delegated to the authority of the president under section 701 blah, 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 to employ persons of outstanding experience and ability without compensation and to employ expert consultants or organizations. The authority delegated by this section may not be redelegated. If, if you think about what I just read, it's basically saying one person via executive order, which is already in place. This thing's like 10 years old. I haven't heard about it for a long time. And now it's come up twice in the last week for me. One was our buddy Dave Hodges. We went to meet with Dave Hodges last week in a small, intimate setting presentation. Man, if you're not familiar with this guy, you, you need to research him. He's got his own show. He's got a TV show. He's got a YouTube channel. It's called The Common Sense Show. So he is the second person that brought up this executive order in the last week. So it basically is saying that one person can, I, I don't know how you say it, they, they can tell us we need to do a job without being paid for it that they want us to do. Well, that that's insane. You know, I mean, I've been worried for several months now that they're going to reinstate the draft eventually because of the European Union and because of Ukraine and everything going on in the world. This thing basically says we, we could have a draft for the entire country if things get sketchy. And, and they're definitely going sketchy. But I, and I just wanted to make sure I set that aside because I found it odd that something I hadn't heard about for years popped up twice in one week. So if you're resting, make sure you look up that executive order 13603, you know, zoom in on section 502. It's a tough read. You know, we used to harp about a year and a half ago. We were harping about executive order 14067. Still a good read, by the way, because we are still barreling 
towards the central bank digital currency. I know a year and a half has gone by, so you're like, yeah, it's never going to happen. No, it's it's going to happen. It's, we're just getting closer. We told you about MIT. We told you about trying to hire a consultant through Indeed. <laughs> so everybody found it kind of like, ah, it's just not going to happen. Well, no, it's just closer. We're just a year and a half closer. But anyway, so moving on to a little more timely news for today, BMO. It used to be BMO Harris in Arizona, but they, they surgically removed their Harris. So now it's just BMO. It's a Canadian domiciled bank, if you're not familiar. It's the Bank of Montreal. They have a big presence in the United States and Canada. BMO, this this one, brace yourself because this, ah, I mean, so much news is shocking to me. And yet it just, I keep getting more every day. BMO, in a significant move, the Bank of Montreal has announced its exit from the retail auto finance business. The bank will cease making consumer vehicle loans. This is not coming, kids. This started on the 15th of September. They gave no notice. They exited doing auto loans. I called a friend of ours. Shout out to her. I guess I won't use her name, but she's a branch manager at a BMO in Phoenix. And I asked her to confirm this. I did subsequently find three more articles from different sources confirming it. She said, no, that that no way. She talked to whoever her superior is. They said, no, that can't be. Then she got back to me and said, yep, yep, no more vehicle loans. Nope, no more. So go to your credit union. Don't go to BMO because they won't give you a loan. And then, well, that just goes to show that the people at the banks are the last ones to know. We've said this all the time. Right. We talk about the FDIC limits and how broke these banks are and the issues that we're having. If you talk to somebody in the banks, they'll say no. They'll always say no. Ask your banker what a bail-in is. Ask your banker about Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank, 2013, I believe it was, 2010. I don't know. It was a long time ago. When I told you they put the rules in place, when they put the rules in place in 2014, is when I got everything in writing. It was actually through Dodd-Frank in 2010. You know, I first I first got banks sending me information on it in 2017. I made a little presentation around it. I asked all of the people I knew that worked in banks. They didn't know anything about it. But by the way, you, you may, it's a really good time to read the Dodd-Frank law because it is, that's, that's part of this, uh, that's part of the central bank digital currency. They're going to say, we already told you we're going to do it. We're going to close these banks in an orderly fashion. That's that's what it's about. And by the way, with Dodd-Frank, and I got to get back to BMO in a second, but with Dodd-Frank, I, I did print off a sheet just to make sure I, I can share it with you. This is from the Cornell Law School Legal Information Institute. That sounds like a bunch of smart people, so I trust them. So claim priority. This is what happens if your bank has a modern day run on it, which kids, it's going on as we speak. Claims are paid in the following order. Administrative costs. That's number one. Administrative costs. They get their money first. Number two, the government can't make this stuff up. So one is administrative costs to the government. Three, wages, salaries, or commissions of employees. Four, contributions to employee benefit plans. Five, any other general or senior liability of the company. Six, any junior obligation. Seven, salaries of executives and directors of the company. And eight, here you go. This is us. This is you and me, Anthony. We're number eight. Yay. Obligations to shareholders, members. That's us. They look at us like a giant member. 
and general partners and other equity holders. So you are eighth in line if if the bank closes its door. And believe me, the banks are heading that direction. I know. I know. Of our, uh, you know, the the industry hates us for this one secret rule kind of thing. Uh, be ahead of the game. Have some money at home. Move for money sure, elsewhere. Sure. Just don't have it in the bank, and then all of a sudden you don't have to be eighth in line when everything fails. And the then again, bank. what do you do with that? Well, we say on the show all the time, a little extra food and water all at home because that's, you know, the the doomsday prepper in us. Uh, focus on paying off debt. You know, you owe that money to someone. Get under the radar. So if you have extra money in the bank and you have debts, pay off your debts. Look to insurance companies. Look to uh, income streams. Setting up pensions for yourself. You know, you have some options. You know, the banks are a necessary evil unless, you know, unfortunately there's no way around them, but there is stuff you can do to limit your, uh, you know, your presence in them. And that's what we talk about on all of these shows. Pretty much every episode comes up with that part at some point. And don't picture, well, I'm okay because I'm in a money market or I am in a CD. A bank product is in trouble. The FDIC, go to FDIC.gov and make sure we're telling the truth here. They have about 1.1%. Reach out yesterday, and she's like, you quote that all the time. Can you send me the actual form? So I was like, yeah, we can. We We 100% can. So if you want to see what we're talking about at the FDIC, um, shoot us an email at team at anothermoneyshow.com, and we will send you their newest quarterly statement. Uh, I also said if you wanted to see something real fun, look at the annual statement from, I think it was 2012, should show because it'll date back but there were actually seven quarters in a row where the fdic had less than nothing they only had liabilities they had no money in their coffers and that's what you're looking at to uh uh you know save you from bankruptcy and these bank bailouts but i only have 249,000 in my account i'm fine i only have cds you know what we we even have a solution for your cds we have, with insurance companies, a CD alternative called a MIGA, a multi-year guaranteed annuity. And these insurance companies have reserves. Nobody's ever lost a dime in an insurance company. They have lost money at banks, and I think I think have is great, but they're about to again, I think. Yeah, I'm talking within years, not decades. So, by the way, I mean, we, we pulled our interest rates for the MIGAs on September 18th. I want to be careful that you hear the date on September 18th. We have access, we're fully independent, by the way, access to a one-year CD alternative type product, 4.25%, three-year product, 5.6%, 10-year product, 6%. So what if you locked up your money for 10 years for 6% and you can you still in the stock market, you make 2,683%, but you locked it up at 6% for 10 years, you, you might be thanking yourself in two or three years. Because this interest rate thing, there it's it's a little game they're playing. It might not end well. But anyway, so we have solutions for you. You're right, Anthony. And you know, one more thing about the banks. Ah, we have a local bank. I'll just say this quickly. We aired it out last week, but I'll mention it one more time. We kept telling people, you'll have no trouble getting $5,000 out of your bank. You'll have trouble asking for 10, but five you'll still get. And a few weeks ago, I went in on a Thursday. Anthony went in on a Friday. I could only get 4000 
I told Anthony about it. He went in the next day on a Friday. He could only get 4,000. Why 4,000? You want to know why the banks don't have any money? The FDIC has about 1% coverage on your $250,000 and under. Can I tell you why the banks don't have any money? They use your money. Mortgages, reverse mortgages, business loans, derivatives. There's all these things you need to research. Mortgage-backed securities, you know, collateralized debt obligations, collateralized mortgage obligations. 2008, the big short. We learned a lot about this and then we rested and we thought it was all better and the banks were too big to fail and everybody's going to be okay. It's not okay. They never fixed it. You know, Have you ever heard of fractional reserve banking? Anthony, Jim, I know you have. If you're listening to us, jot this down. Fractional reserve banking. It, we are supposed to have reserves. The banks are supposed to be solid and solvent. They're not. The, it used to be where they had a 10% requirement. The banks had to keep 10% of what they take in to be handy in case there's a run in the banks. You know what it is since the COVID days? It's zero. It was announced on March 15th of 2020. It was implemented on March 26th. It was effective of 2020. Think about when I'm talking about. That was when COVID grew legs. They said, banks, we need to keep the economy going. So you need to loan out all of your money. Whatever comes in, you can use it for whatever you want. You can loan it out. Well, that's what they've been doing. So when you think that's crazy that I can only get 4000 or whatever, say you're in a credit union and they're still a little bit friendlier to you, you have to understand if a bunch of you go in one day, they're going to stop giving you money because they don't have it. They're loaning it out. And I would say they're all in deep trouble because they never counted in March of 19 on the exploding interest rates. And so they're, they're getting in trouble. The commercial real estate market, it's in trouble. I still think the residential real estate is going to be in trouble. It's not yet because we have such a low inventory. If you're a realtor and you're listening to us, I've been saying it for about six months, dust off your manual on how to handle a short sale or a foreclosure. It's going to be coming back. Everything cycles. So just, just so you know, the banks have no money. Act accordingly. Yes, you need your checking and savings to pay your bills. I get that. But outside of that, sit with us and we'll give you some other ideas. We'll give you short-term through long-term ideas. Back to BMO. That was a nice little side trip. I enjoyed that one. I feel like you're right, Anthony. I, and I've warned people. I have ADD and OCD and all this stuff. I can't focus longer than 30 seconds, but it's fun to me. It's not to you. I can tell by your eyes, but it's fun to me. And when you make your eyes like that, it gets more fun to me. So back to BMO. So then I subsequently found a couple other banks that are also quietly exiting in this space. The, the <laughs> Citizens Bank. If you've got money at Citizens Bank, you know what I'm talking about. What about Mechanics Bank? I love that for auto loans. Well, of course, I'm going to go to Mechanics Bank for my auto loan. So guess what else is going to happen when they when they move from that space? And, and yes, they are trying to go to where they're more profitable. I understand that. That's a bank's job is to make money. But you know what else is going to happen? A bunch of people are going to be laid off. We're already in a bad economy. We've been talking about companies that are laying people off for years. So this is just going to make it worse. So they, they said that they're going to honor all of the loans they have on the books. But starting Friday, September 15th, they're going to continue to operate the direct lending and floor plan lending business. Of course, they're going to honor whatever they have on the books. They want that money. Or if you don't pay it, they want to resell the car. So of course, they're going to honor it. So you know what really the light bulb that went off? 
this is really, really bad timing. You know what's going on? As these companies are starting to say, nope, the defaults are rising. We're going to lose our shirts if we don't get out. You know, you know what else is going on? United Auto Workers are on strike. Last week, we brought up the potential. We talked to you last, we recorded last Wednesday, and we said on Thursday, they might go on strike. Well, they did. So it's a, it's a staged, it's a staged, it's a layered strike, which is genius. They started out with like 13,000 members. They, they're, they're doing a small strike to see what kind of, they're going to test the water and they're, they're going to keep growing it. So they're on strike. One of the, it's, it's uh, what is it? General Motors and Ford and Stellantis. If you're not familiar with Stellantis, it's pretty huge. They've got 16 brands, including Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Fiat, Alfa Romeo, and Maserati. So this United Auto Workers strike, BMO, and other banks leaving the auto loan industry. Do you know what this is going to lead to? Yes, for the families' layoffs. Yes, a lot of these striking workers are already being fired. I read yesterday that 600 were fired. I believe it was from Ford. You know, they're, they're going to try to replace these people. It's happened in the past. I'm talking to you, airlines. So you know what is going to end up with this auto strike? Bank loan changes, higher car prices. And they're already pretty pricey. If you go to get yourself a nice Ford F-150 Raptor with any options on it, those things are pushing $100,000 for a truck. You think people should live in a house, Anthony. They, they can live in their Ford Raptor because for hundred grand, that's going to be a sweet-ass ride. So it's Arizona. I would crack the windows in the summer if you live in it. But anyway, higher prices are coming. So delinquency rates are rising fast in the auto industry. Changes are coming. I think this is just the very beginning. You know, it yeah, wouldn't we've be- been talking about this bubble for a long time. But that is interesting, though, that everybody's defaulting and all of a sudden these banks are getting out. Wasn't uh, Wells Fargo canceling a bunch of HELOCs and stuff a couple years ago, too? Well, yeah, they in two thousand nine and ten, people were getting form letters. If you had a HELOC for a hundred grand and you had nothing out on it, they were closing them. If you had a HELOC for a hundred grand and you had fifty grand loaned on it, they were cutting your limit down to fifty grand. They saw the risk and they acted accordingly, which is oddly enough what we're trying to get people to do: one person, one couple, one family at a time. No, th- this and that's coming back too. We, we are hearing that people cannot get a raise of their credit limit on their credit cards now. The next step is going to be, and, and a lot of people, are get, they're not getting the offers they were. Just a few months ago, the credit card offers that you get in the mail, kind of keep an eye on your mailbox, those are slowing down. They know it, it's, this is an everything bubble and it ain't going to go well. So make sure you... Someone tell the market that right now the market's up to uh, almost 240. Because they know the yeah. Fed's not going to raise rates today. That's that's how manipulated and ridiculous the financial markets are. You want me to talk again about how the Dow Jones is only 30 companies? You want me to talk about how most of the S&P, which is a better representative of our market, you know what, seven stocks? Apple, you know, Meta, Meta's flying high. <laughs> Meta constantly being sued. They want one day for our kids never to leave their house, just put on their VR glasses and play Farmville or whatever people are, whatever the kids are doing today. Farmville. You were on any of those VR glasses? I just yeah. got one so I could play that uh, racing game. That oh, great. Right. Well, you're one of I, I might give in. I might give in to our AI overlords now because uh, that thing was awesome. 
I didn't want to like it. I think it's red. So that's <laughs> rad. Red. Red. You're <laughs> this is a good day. Anthony is wearing a punk rock t-shirt. He said the word red. I know for a fact that he has got a rail for his skateboards in his kitchen. You know what? I We give financial advice. We try to stay in our lane, but today I'm going to have to get some marital advice on the table. Sandy, cover your ears for a second. doesn't apply to you, but you know, once, once you find perfection, you're outside of this. Don't get married. Do you, do, you, do you want me to say that again for the people in the back row? Don't get married. Anthony can eat donuts for dinner. He doesn't have to yeah. have breakfast, even though it's one of the six or seven most important meals of the day. So yeah, skateboards. Anyway, so the stock market manipulated, act accordingly. Back to, you. I want to talk auto loans because we talk about Ally Bank all the time because I mentioned that one when we were talking about, you know, banks being a necessary evil, um, at least go to one that pays interest. We talked about Ally, but Ally does auto loans and is tied to a bunch of them, which are failing. We've brought up a bunch of times. So that could be what brings Ally down. But if everybody else is ceasing to give auto loans, it's not like car sales stop. It's not like people didn't buy homes in 2008, 2009. There was a slowdown. Prices dropped everything. The world keeps going on. So somebody needs to give those loans. So I still struggle with Ally if I'm going to leave my money there, if I'm going to suggest to clients looking somewhere else. But I was thinking about that because we've brought up Ally quite a few times. But that's well, it. Ally. If other people aren't offering those services and they're going to continue to. Even Ally with the destruction we see, you know, maybe it's not as bad. And by the way, I keep saying we are in uncharted territory, so I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I think auto, auto sales could slow to a crawl too. But I, I again, I'm perma bear. I think the housing market is going to crash, not just slow. I think the stock market is going to crash. I think we're going to go to a central bank digital currency. I think well, that I our, know we're that doing that. I don't think that's a think. I mean, they're so who's going to be buying a car when when all this happens? You think people are going to be buying new cars? My buddy Mike over at Frank's Honest Auto is going to be busy because we're going to hang on to our used cars longer. Nobody's going to be buying new cars. I'm not sure how they do it now. You know, back to the one percent Zillow loan. I'm not sure how young families can do this, even with one percent down. When you're buying a four hundred thousand dollar house that really is only worth three hundred. And there's a 7% interest rate. How na- how are we doing it? So I think it's going to be the same thing with cars. I think we're racing that way. You know, this United Auto Worker strike, it, I feel bad for the people striking. They want a living wage. You know, the people at McDonald's that flip a burger, they want $15. The veterans, the the military, you know, that, that are willing to be shot and killed for their country. They want more money. They don't want to be on food stamps. This is a no-win situation. Do I think the auto workers should be paid more money? And I did read what they're proposing. They, they want a 32-hour work week. They want a 20% raise up front. They want it up to 40% within five years. They, they've got some lofty demands. I think part of that is you aim high. They aim low. You meet in the middle. So they have to be lofty. They can't come in saying realistic stuff like we want to work 50 hours a week. We want a 10% raise now and another 10. So they went high. They, they need more money. The government caused horrendous inflation horrendous you shut down my business and then you sent me checks what did you think what was going to happen and now people are saying i can't do this the people in california the the writer's strike is still going on we it's just gonna get worse it's gonna get worse and worse and 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 in honor of all these strikes i'm going to strike after we record this radio show and i am not working the rest of the day do you promise 
do you promise? Are you going to ride your skateboard in the living room and put on your VR glasses? Yeah. Is there an urgent care by your house? Because if you're riding a skateboard <laughs> with VR glasses, it ain't going to end well. So, I, you know, today, I know today's kind of a packed episode, but why don't we, I know we're, we've got to be easing towards the end of it. Why don't we talk for we a second about your, oh, that's plenty of time. I can get on three different subjects in five minutes. Well, I want to talk about financial matters for a second. I want you to remember that even if I'm right and this country is going to be dramatically different in the upcoming years, not decades, even as far as civil war and really bad stuff, I can tell you what I think on all that when you sit down with me. But if I'm right, but not for 20 years, you still have to deal with Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. You have to deal with long-term care planning. You have to understand things cycle. All these advisors, you know, they they tell you, you know, you're, you're supposed to... Uh, you know, if we lose money, it's only a paper loss. I've been screaming. It's only a paper gain. Your financial markets are still in the range of all-time highs. Make sure you're taking some profits off the table. Or what do I do with it? You pay down debt. You do hard assets. You do insurance companies. You, you go into safer areas and wait for a little while. We're going into an election season. There's so much on the table. We have new virus concerns. You name it, and it's a concern. So make sure you're watching your stuff. So one of our politicians, a Nikki Haley, came out and said the, the quiet parts out loud. <laughs> this is about a week ago. Nikki Haley, uh, looks like it was on the 13th of September. Nikki Haley basically said that the retirement age at 65 is too young. In the United States, federal entitlement programs such as Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid account for over half of all government spending. Haley did not specify what she thought the retirement age should be raised to, but she did say it would be tired, tied to life expectancy. 65 is way too low. You know why it's way too low? And by the way, life expectancy is reversing a little bit because of COVID and obesity and diabetes and everything else. So she, she is right, but it's not life expectancy that they need to change things. We're broke. The system is broke. And you know what? You know what sucks? Some of the people on Twitter, you know, Tanya on Twitter was upset with Haley's idea to increase the retirement age in America. She said the rich are getting way too comfortable making these pronouncements. She challenged Haley to spend a week working retail in her shoes and still suggest raising the retirement. Wendell on Twitter said people who advocate raising retirement age never changed a hotel bed or repaired a transmission or stood eight hours behind a cash register, painted a house, laid new flooring, etc for pay in their life. Not all desk jobs, kids. Anyway, with that said, now that I just broke out, we have to wrap it up. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, I mean, those people, their social security won't be enough for them to live off of. If you live in those jobs and you're getting to 65, you're probably not able to afford to retire. But anyways, that's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, have questions about any of the topics today or want to sit down with us to review your personal situation, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web, anothermoneyshow.com. You can book appointments straight from the website. Uh, check out old episodes wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. Remember, there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. We'll see you again next Saturday at noon right here on 960 The Patriot. And on YouTube. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results.